Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machine. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast starring me, Dags. When we talk about power, we got to talk about the powerful Johnny Rage. Yes, sir. And the flesh and a lot of it, my friend. Mm, that's a lot of flesh. Uh, speaking of which, Dags, last time we talked, I was thinking about this as you're doing that powerful intro. That's what we call in the business. Um, welcome. I'm jumping now. I'm jumping from topic to topic, but um, I had the Popeye sandwich. We're going to review that today. I, I told Fan the flock I was going to do that. I was actually going to do it live in studio with you, but because of our schedule differences, we couldn't make that happen. But I'm going to talk about that on this great podcast episode, the Popeye's grilled. Or Popeye's powerful sandwich. sandwich review. We're excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, we took a week off cause I had to spend time with your family. When I say you, I'm in the flock, flock of mm-hmm. Amish. How did, did everyone have a good Thanksgiving? And if you're, uh, in other countries throughout the world, are you enjoying the winter season or is it whatever season it is? Enjoy. Welcome. Welcome to this podcast. If you're a first time listener to this powerful podcast, what it is, we talk about pop culture. We talk about food movies, games, everything we talk about our lives is powerful. And just think of it as us talking to you because it's just like you're in the room with us partying. It's a powerful time. Today's show, we're going to do the powerful Popeye sandwich review. We have powerful movies we're going to review. We're just going to talk about life, sit back, take a sip of your favorite beverage. Speaking of beverages, I'm enjoying Tailwager Blend Powerful Coffee. Oh, it's powerful. And if you want to have a cup of this powerful coffee, please go to alaskadogworks.com. Check it out. Type in coupon code Amish Baby Machine. That way it'll support them. It'll support us. And it will be a powerful time for you to enjoy this powerful coffee. Thanks. I got bad news for you. Santa Claus too doesn't even fit me anymore. What does that tell you? Whoa. That's a sad day when Santa Claus, I mean, how big was Santa Claus, this fictitious character? Sometimes you see him, he's depicted as a jolly old elf weighing 300 plus. And I thought, I've seen other pictures where he's kind of physically fit. We don't have, we need a standard. I'm going to set a standard. We need a standard weight for Santa Claus. Don't we? Should we use stone like our British fans use? We can use whatever we want. Use the measurement stone. Bags of tail wager comparison. Yes. You know, to me, Santa Claus, the ideal, the epitome is the Coca-Cola Santa Claus. Oh, that's that's just iconic. Yeah. So when I think of Santa Claus, I think of that. Not some weird, you know, some 
weird thing from the dark ages where he's like a demon or something. I think of the jolly. He's an elf. Isn't that weird? He's not even human. Were you scared of him when you were younger? Do you remember? Or don't you have a... No, I don't have any reason? fears. No, I, I didn't enjoy clowns, but Santa Claus, I was always... Because uh, you see the pictures of the kids crying on his lap. Uh-huh. I never remember being afraid, afraid of Santa Claus, but clowns... It's not as much afraid of as, like, I don't understand what is their point. You know, they, they're in this weird makeup and they twist these balloons into satanic shapes and throw them at you. I don't understand how that's funny or entertaining, but I do enjoy Santa Claus. How much do you enjoy Santa Claus? Enough to sit on his lap or would you do it today? Yes. This is a wholesome you, show, Johnny Rage. You'd feel comfortable sitting yes, on Santa's? Hmm. Um, well couple of reasons that um, I bring up Santa Claus is because I thought, you know what, I'll put on a few pounds. I, the more authentic you are, too, the more money you can garner. If you're Santa Claus, a lot of times you can tell the guys that are Santa because you're around will have that beard. There's good money in being a Santa Claus. Uh, there's reports that we have the Great Mall of America here. And the Santa Claus guy was making like 30 to 50 grand a year. I mean, for six to seven weeks work. But this guy, talk about playing the character. He's got the full-on beard, but he's not really that heavy. You know that notorious. Have you seen the American picture man. of him though? Yeah, many times. So there's this the there's a couple of them. There's the the one I remember. He has like this weird. He's non-threatening, and he has like plaid, this weird kind uh-huh. of sweater thing, and I don't like it. Uh-huh. He's not the Coca-Cola uh-huh. Santa Claus. The Coca-Cola Santa Claus. He has a powerful big beard ho 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 and you're powerful and you got red and the white he has this weird um, non-threatening almost like uh you know like public television outfit on i don't like it okay so you want when you see santa you want to see the standard issued santa claus suit not not a vest i think the guy i think the guy that's it that's it i couldn't think of it i thought it was a sweater it's a vest even worse yeah Yeah, that's that's not santa claus I figured that was just kind of because he's there so long. He just kind of changes how he depicts himself. One moment he's kind of chilling in a vest. And then the next moment uh, he comes back with his coat on. Because Santa had had to take his coat off. He couldn't always listen, wear it. He's just, listen, that's like his dress blues for the military. When he's doing the Santa photographs, he doesn't wear a, a vest. You wear a powerful crushed red velour, powerful jacket with beautiful white polar bear fur. Rosy cheeks, powerful hands that could just like tear a phone book in half. You know, that's Santa Claus. Oh, you're making him sound like a Marvel superhero for God's sake. Well, he is. He's powerful. He is. Yeah. One night he can get all those gifts delivered. What if you use that in a villainous way? Is that a word villainous? No, it's a good word. No, he's. Thank you. He's a hero and I would have him. Instead of those lame uh, reindeer, I would have powerful polar bears. Oh, that'd be cool. Yes. Yeah. And he'd Speaking be powerful. Yeah. Can you imagine it though? Right now, I want someone out there that uh, someone out there that knows how to draw. Do a powerful sketch for us of Santa Claus, just powerful. You know, sleeves rolled up, powerful forearms, and then powerful polar bears hauling him. Speaking of which, Dags, when you said polar bear, it reminded me of Bear. Did you ever watch that movie I tipped you off on? Which Back one country? was that? Back no, country we, we could not due to uh, 
Thanksgiving festivities, we could not. Tell us about well, it. Well, that was one day. How did that prevent you from doing your research for this powerful podcast? Listen, I run this show. I will make up as many excuses as, as I can. Well, here's something you're not going to be able to make up. There could be a shortage of French fries. What do you think of that? Are you a big fry guy? Who doesn't like French fries? Well, here's the deal with French fries. Yeah. I used to enjoy McDonald's French fries when they used lard. I know. They switched, to, get... they switched to that. You know, we want trans fat. We want lard. Mm-hmm. We want short lifespans. We want the beef French fries. That's why they were so good. And then they switched. And now they don't get as crisp as they used to. They're still probably still the best out of all fast food. French mm, I fries. disagree with you there. I think now that they've got that trans substantiation, or do you want to call it? Um, they've got, uh, I think Culver's, uh, has got them beat now because Culver has a crinkle fry and I've always had a soft, warm spot in my belly for those crinkles. So I think McDonald's, that was, yeah, going healthy really ruined their French fry. Cause there was no doubt it was one of the best of the business. Well, you are so right about the crinkle cut French fry because mm-hmm. of the extra surface area. It traps the ketchup. Right. Cats up, if you will. And, and the incredible size of them. I mean, if you stretched out a crinkle cut French fry, I mean, that's about three feet long each fry. I'm trying to think back in the day, the steak fry was always popular too. Back more in the 70s, it was usually those old seedy nightclubish or kind of a, a, a um, not a nightclub, but what would they call those places that you would eat? A dinner club, supper club. Not a roadhouse. And even back in the 70s, they were old, you know? But they'd roll a steak fry back in those days. And there was a restaurant I was at not too long ago. Boy, did it bring back a flood of memories from my ute. But they were rolling with steak fries. I want to say Red Robin, but I could be wrong. I think I'm wrong about that. But anyway, um, let's face it. Staples of our lives are French fries. And according to my uh, people, I got peeps that do this research for me. There could be a shortage coming up in 2020. And this all comes from Bloomberg News. What affected the, the shortage of fries, eggs? Cold weather and the effects of Hurricane Dorian has actually damaged the potato crops in the United States as well as Canada. This means smaller potatoes and pressure on supplies for French fry processors. French fry makers typically use longer potatoes. So you would not make a good French fry if we used you, Dig, because they use longer potatoes. Uh, the U.S. Department of Agriculture is estimating a domestic output that's going to drop more than 6% this year's. That's our lowest level since 2010. So be warned, my friend. Uh, French fries may go up in price. Or what we need to do is what Burger King has done so brilliantly is they made the fake hamburger. Why can't we make fake potatoes, fake potatoes for French fries? Whoa. You know what's the deal with the French fries? I don't like. No, tell me. Well, I like when they use the whole potato. I don't like. It's a, almost a version of Pringles, if you will. The French fries are mushed up potatoes, and then they're made into the shape, the form of a French fry. Mm-hmm. So, what do you mean? I don't. Are you saying because what I can't stand is when you go to a restaurant and they're their own hand cut French fry, where they actually take a potato, leave the skin on it, put it through a fry cutter, and just put it into the. Uh, hot grease and they give it to you and the the, the uh, 
skin is still on one part of it. Do you like those fries? So you don't like the, so that's the thing with French fries. There's a million different ways to make them. Like, I don't like the real skinny ones. Mm-hmm. You know, I like the fat, chunky monkey, but not too fat. Cause if they're, if you make the French fry too fat, then it's like doughy inside, you know, I don't mm-hmm. like that either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The French fries definitely aren't a hundred percent potato. They are putting some type of additive to it and preservatives, especially because when you do get the French fry, I just described to you, it's nowhere near as good as even a McDonald's fry of today or definitely Culver's an all natural potato just put into deep fryer doesn't cut it. You still need something. I don't know what the magic is that McDonald's has that trumps the, you know, homemade French fry. We should go back in time and pick up some of those beef lard French fries from the seventies or eighties, whenever they switched. Oh, I know. That was just pure goodness, wasn't it? It really was. And speaking of pure goodness, do you want to hear about my Popeye? Um, Powerful. We talked about coffee, powerful tailwagger blend. We talked about powerful French fries. Now we're doing a powerful segue into Popeye's chicken sandwich. Coming up, don't leave us now, powerful movie reviews, retro and up-to-date movies. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, everybody I think remembers back, it was it made the headlines when a chicken joint, Popeyes, actually ran out of its chicken sandwich. Everybody was getting in on the act. Uh, Chick-fil-A was ridiculing them, um, having a little fun. I shouldn't say ridiculing, but having a little fun with it. They were putting on their marquee boards outside Chick-fil-A. Hey, we never run out of sandwiches here. It was a direct shot at Popeye. Popeyes. Ooh, and knows. Uh, ga, 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 ga. Um, but let me ask you this: a, Is it Brutus yes. or Bluto? His villain, his arch nemesis. Do you call him Bluto or Brutus? I like the word Brutus because it says it says so much more. It, it, it depicts him as a brute force that is bully. It's kind of a bully Brutus all in one. I like Brutus, and I've known him as Brutus. Yes, me too. I don't know, the Bluto. Uh, Bluto. I don't know. I, I like Brutus too. Carry on. Would you call me Brutus from this point forward? Johnny Brutus? Well, you're, no, like you're no beefcake. I'll tell you that much. Call me Johnny Brutus. Okay. Um, anyway, Diggs, you're, I, before I was so rudely interrupted, I was talking about the wonderful chicken sandwich, but Popeye's taking a lot of heat about it, made the headlines. It was the, it kind of became viral when Popeye's ran out of chicken sandwiches. You're thinking, how does a chicken place run out of chicken where they can't make a sandwich. Dags, I went in on this because I love food and I want to get to the bottom of things. I'm my own food reporter. So I went into the Popeyes and said, hey, what's up with a chicken place running out of chicken sandwiches? And here's the real deal. They never ran out of chicken. The vendor that they used for their buns couldn't keep up to the demand. So they actually had no buns for their chicken sandwiches. They loved the recipe for this bun so much that Popeye's execs said to the bun manufacturer, Hey, when can you get us the buns we need? And they said, you know what to do this properly and to roll this out with your demand. We want to be able to supply without interruption. We're going to need a couple of months to get this done. Popeye said, fine, 
get her done. So they we need those buns, buns of steel. These are not going to give you buns of steel if you get the Popeye sandwich. So anyway, there's the truth behind the chicken sandwich and powerful. So far. So, I mean, I would go in there on a weekly basis. Is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? No, not yet. Not yet. Go in there. Is it ready? Is it ready? Nope. 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 Finally, I go in there. It's here, baby. And boy, was it worth the wait. Um, I'm a huge fan of Chick-fil-A. I love the Chick-fil-A sandwich. And you're thinking, how can anybody do better than that? The pinnacle of, of chicken sandwiches is Chick-fil-A. Um, Chick-fil-A is a real clean, breaded, no frills type of a sandwich. Very tasty. Popeye's, on the other hand, with his bun, very similar to the Hawaiian bun. Ooh, powerful. It, yeah, that's what they rolled with. I don't know if it's actually the Hawaiian bun. I'll have to get my people on this. But it's got the but. sugar in there, you can tell. It's a sweet, soft bun. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the top of the bun, there's a sheer to it. A shimmer? You get... No, more of a sheer kind of a, sheer. it's kind of the look you get when you look at a, it's not a dull bread looking bun. It's like a white castle hamburger. When you look at the top, there's kind of a moist sheer to it. Like you just ran shellac on top of it. Does I don't think sheer is the right word. We're going with sheer. I can a do whatever shine, I want. A shimmer, a glisten. I like sheer. I like sheer. I think it says it to the T. It's a sheer, sheer look. Okay. Much like your panties. So when you get that bun and you open up your sandwich and you see this kind of a moist, wet, um, full top piece of your bun. It's very erotic right now, isn't it? It it just says edible goodness from the, from the moment I'm very visual with food. Okay. Much like wine, you have to look at it, you have to smell it, and then you roll it around in your mouth before you actually swallow it. You got to pour some out for your dead homies too. I I basically do the same thing with food. I look at it. I I I just want to see before I devour this thing because a lot of people say eat like a starved dog. I have a visual that I need to do some visual cues that tip me off or not. Do you touch it? You have to touch. There's a pre-touch. There is a pre-touch. I lift the top off. I want to see, okay, how much breading is on this chicken? Is it a tight, skimpy coating like Chick-fil-A does? Or is it get it on cane style where, hey, there's really no chicken in here. It's an inch just of batter, okay? I will tell you this. Popeye's sandwich is very similar. I would, I would describe it like this. It's canes inside the bun. Have you ever had Cane's Digs? Yes, but tell the flock of Amish. We have fans all over the world. Germany, Canada, Australia, everywhere. Tell them about Cane's. Yeah, describe it. Visualize well, raising, it. Raising Cane's is the actual name, and it's another chicken franchise that's caught on fire. It's chicken, chicken everywhere. Um, why did the chicken cross the road? I guess to get to all these, serve all, all of us at Cane's and, and Chick-fil-A and everything else. Um, Cane's is another, uh, they don't put it in a bun. There's no chicken sandwich to my knowledge. Maybe they do have one, but usually get the chicken strips at Cane's. Now to me, Cane's is very plain. 
almost too dry and too much breading on it. But then you pull out their dipping sauce and bam, it is a transformation of yummy goodness meets plain, which explodes with a great erotic flavor. Mm. Yeah. It's just good. They just have the one dipping sauce. They just have the one and they got the crinkle fry and they got the Texas toast. Let me cut in here. Now we're talking about chicken tenders, chicken strips, dipping Mm -hmm. sauces. When you do Buffalo wings, would you rather have ranch or blue cheese? Neither. Whoa. Why is that? I get wings a lot too. As a matter of fact, I'm a fan. I still go to B dubs. Um, you know, I get the same thing. Um, when I go to B dubs, I get a dozen bone, uh, excuse me, a dozen drummies. And I specifically ask the waitress to make sure it's all drummies and they will not for an extra fee or anything. I go six barbecue, honey, barbecue and six teriyaki. So okay. you're mild. You're a mild mannered man. I'm you don't like man. the spice. And I don't want to ruin it with dipping it into any tartars or creams or Thousand Island dressings. I like just the goodness of the why do you ask for 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 um a topping on your, your thing if you're gonna just go dip it? You might as well just leave it naked and then dip it into your sauces. Well, there is a powerful synergy. The the point of the ranch or the blue cheese is to offset and help take a little bit of the bite out of the spiciness, but you're not enjoying any spicy ones. You're doing the mild end. You're mild. Why would you, okay. But that makes no sense. You want to, yes, it does. If you look at why they add sour cream to Mexican food, it complements it. And it also, there's a powerful synergy, powerful harmony between the flavors. And it also helps knock down the edge of the spice, the pepper. Boy, when you talk like that, it sounds so sexy. It is. Um, I, I I don't know why somebody wants to ruin their food. By are, are you okay? So you definitely like a hot sauce. Then that's what you're telling me. I like you have to have flavor. I mean, you reach a point of ridiculousness when they go to so hot that instantly your tongue is just numb, numb, numb. You want you want a delicious flavor. And then you want a delicious, spicy finish to me. That's the ultimate. Mm-hmm. So it's you, you taste all the flavor of the sauce, and then you have a little kick to it. Okay, so does Tabasco work in your world? Tabasco's good, but that's that's almost a different flavor. Like, I wouldn't want that on a wing. I like a little mm-hmm. sweetness in there. Mm-hmm. But the point, like um, I said, is if you have you, so you've, you've tried the dipping in the blue cheese and the ranch, and you don't like either. I don't, I don't, I don't care for that. No, I want what I order. I don't want to disguise it with any ranch or any other blue cheese. Uh, people that I go with ask for mine. They say, well, if he doesn't want it, can you bring me extra? Because they enjoy that dip. Um, the one guy gets a Caribbean jerk, uh, as a flavor for his Is it Caribbean or Caribbean. Let's ask Billy ocean. Caribbean. But the same, he says caribou. Is it caribou? God, he invented caribou coffee years ago. That was a theme song for caribou coffee. Um, Not reindeer, but powerful polar bear is pulling Santa. 
Mm. How about you, Paul Santa? We'll put you in like a. No, I am a, the. See, I I'm too strapping and sexy to be Santa, but. So you can pull Santa though. No, no, that's too weird. We're getting. Oh, weird you can pull on Santa. No, it's pull on weird Santa. too. No. All right, keep going. All right, so. Anyway, we're talking about my Popeye sandwich. Okay, I described to I, the bun. Uh, Let me ask you this: How big is this sandwich compared to the Chick Fil A sandwich? Bigger. The The Popeye is bigger. Yeah, the the Popeye is much larger. Oh, right there, you got Uh, me. Yeah the 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 Chick Fil A is a leaner, slicker, very flavorful, moist piece of chicken. Sheer, as you said. Yeah, but in terms of size, Popeye's hasn't beat, but. It's not so much that the coating, because the coating is much thicker. Like I said, I would I would compare it to a raising cane style coating, but the piece of meat, it's just a big piece of chicken. And with that, you might think it's dry, but they do a really good job at keeping it moist. And I'm not a real big fan of that raising canes. I'm calling it the raising canes coating, because to me, it just has fatness all over it. It just seems like that would slow you down. Once every six months might be good, but um, when it comes to eating it like it's a sandwich, it doesn't feel quite as unhealthy. It's like, wow, I'm eating a chicken sandwich. Now, (laughs) let me ask you this. The powerful is there Cajun spices? You can get them. You can get them. Did you get the Cajun spice or did you get the mild? The first time I did, and again, when I order something for the first time, I like it naked. Because I want to see how does it stand without any help from anything, ketchup, mustard, or spices. How Even does mayo? this product eat? Well, no, that's a little different story. A little bit of mayo would be acceptable in my book. But then once you taste it naked, then you can apply whatever you might enjoy. For you, blue cheese, ranch, whatever. Um, they do have this spicy uh, sauce that you can put on it, and I did. It's called the spicy chicken sandwich. Very original. Hey, we got spicy for that. Well, what do you call that? Spicy chicken sandwich? Oh, never thought of that. Anyway, um, it was too hot for me. To me, the heat completely took my mind off of the sandwich, which I thought was very enjoyable. And I'm like, dang it. Why did I put that spicy sauce Okay, let me ask you this also. You're at the pizzeria. Mm -hmm. You're getting a slice of pie. Mm -hmm. You don't put the red pepper flakes on, do you? You know, I do. That's funny you bring that up. That is so funny, Dave, you bring that up because I went to an Italian restaurant just yesterday, as a matter of fact. And you're saying to yourself, John, gosh, you go out and eat a lot. I really do. Um, we're eating just an old fashioned traditional uh, pita of uh, spaghetti, okay? Um, and I got the chili, pe- the chili red hots. And usually that shit sits in those shakers for years and it loses its flavor. It just looks good, but it, no- it doesn't really have any it's impact. It's impotent, if you will. This stuff, this shit, was clearing my sinuses i'm like oh my god some red hots that are actually hot it was too damn hot because there's it's like salt usually those things i think it's just to make it look like it's an italian restaurant but this shit cleared my sinuses and it was hot fire hot so yes i just had those yesterday i'm just a very average um plate of spaghetti with two meatballs bread and a side salad did you get hot hole afterwards 
No, I didn't. I'm very trained to eat slop and not have any unusual response uh, by now. But when you're a professional eater the way I am, that's took many years of training. Um, so I go back to the Popeye sandwich. Um, I unveil it. The bun is looking like, wow, now I know. Uh, hats off to you, Popeyes. Now I know why you waited for that bun. Because I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, if this vendor can't get you a bun, for God's sakes, you can run up to the Dale Bakery and grab a couple of cases of them and start just banging those sandwiches on. I almost wanted to bring in my own bun. Here, here's my bun. Give me that meat. Because everybody made it sound like this was the, the sandwich to die for. So I'm like, forget your bun. I'll bring my own. Just lay it on me. Well, anyway, that bun is good. Uh, it's a big, healthy piece of meat. Um, very, if you like, um, uh, crispy chicken with the actual, um, you know, deep fried chicken, you're going to love this cause it's got a really big coating on it, but it wasn't obnoxious when you bit into it. It was moist chicken with a, sheer. a coating, a, a sheer, your sheer delight. Is that the right word? Does it feature a pickle? It does. For some reason, I will I will not give credit to that. It's a terrible pickle, though. I don't want this fancy. And, and when, when my pickle is sliced, please don't try to make a crinkle fry out of my pickle. You know how they got those edges on it? Yeah, crinkle cut, French, uh, crinkle cut pickle chip, if you will. I, I don't want it. I want a sheer. I'm going to use the word for today's sheer. I want just a sheer pickle. Okay. I have to actually pull the pickle. It's more cucumbery. Now, it hold on. So I, I know the listeners want to know, the flock of Amish, mm -hmm. do you flick your pickle? Do I flick it off the bun? It's not a trick question. Only when nobody's watching. Is that bad? No, it's good. Enjoy your pickle okay, good. any way you want. Thank you. Um, but I do not like the pickle on it. So, so what did you get with the sandwich? You got the powerful sheared sandwich. Mm -hmm. Which beverage did you enjoy? I think yesterday I rolled with, I was, I've been there twice now to Popeye's, by the way. The first time I actually got the combo meal, which was the spicy chicken sandwich, the French fries, which are very good. As you might imagine, a chicken place knows how to make fries because they're deep frying everything. Um, the French fries were very good and it came with a pop. I think it's about eight bucks for the whole thing. Yesterday when I went in, I just went for the, just the chicken sandwich itself. Who did you go, go with? with a, uh, just a couple of uh, adoring fans that kind of wanted to meet me one-on-one, -on -one, you know. Oh, it was a meet-up, uh, a meet-and-greet. Yeah, yeah. Did did they uh, enjoy your pickle? Um, yes, they did, as a matter of fact. They tickled my pickle. Now they um, all, they didn't flick it though. They tickled it. Now all three of you enjoyed the chicken sandwich. Yes, we did. Yep. Rave reviews. Rave reviews. Yeah. It was, uh, it's pretty good eating eggs. That's all I'm going to say to you. Pretty good eating. And I said, have you had one yet or no? No, we have not had one yet. I was waiting for you so, to bring it to the barn, but alas, I'll have to go by myself. So you're a virgin in terms of, uh, eating Popeye. Yes. Okay. There's no, Pop There's no Popeyes near the barn here, so I will have to travel on the lonely. You gotta go down lonesome. there, down there, out uh, that Highway 12 up there, where that County W meetup, and uh, you'll find up there. It, it, it ain't Popeyes, but it's Jimbo's. Jimbo's close, right? 
<laughs> yeah, up there in Ely there, they got the good burgers and the chicken sandwich, not so much. We don't need no Popeyes. We got Jimbo's. Yeah. Jimbo's oh. just like Popeyes. Oh, let me squeeze right See, by you there. He just reminded me, I watched, rewatched Fargo for uh, again over the long Thanksgiving weekend. Um, Were you offended by the accents? I like it because, yeah, White Bear Lake, that's my hometown. White Bear Lake, go Bears, go Bears. Um, I was not offended at all. Um, I thought they were, I don't know where they thought Minnesotans even remotely speak like that, but they were having fun with it. And and, and, and the, what do they say, the, the greatest form of flattery is when somebody tries to make fun of you. So I was flattered. By you were extremely thing. flattered. Mm-hmm. And what I find interesting about the Cone brothers that did that movie, they are also residents of Minnesota. So they were kind of making fun of themselves in a way. No, 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 no. They're city slickers from the well, suburbs. So absolutely yeah, the, not. Well, but the point is they're from this great state of ours. And that was a reflection of, um, it, the funny part about it is the, the movie's called Fargo. But all the, the, the action takes place in Brainerd. But here's Minnesota. the deal with Minnesota, because we get a lot of people, they bail. They bail Minnesota, like Charles Schultz, Robert Zimmerman, powerful, a.k.a. Bob Dylan. Well, they just don't, you know, but you know what? You got to take your head off the prince who didn't. No, you're right. He stayed here. He was proud of his roots. And he banged out song after song at Paisley Park because he yes. could have easily have gone to Hollywood. Oh, absolutely. You know, but he, he said, nope, I got my boys. I'm sticking it out with uh, everything Minnesota. And he yeah, because, that. you know, they, like I said, Charles Schultz, Bob Dylan, they, they bailed. But you, there's a, you look at the Coen brothers, if you're going to try to do movies, you're really not going to do that successfully for, for Minnesota. So I can understand no, I'm not saying them uh, particularly, but I'm saying like it is cool. People like you know Prince actually stayed, built a right. studio. Paisley yeah, Park. absolutely. How sad is that that the guy did? How many years has he been dead now, Prince? Is it two? Or that sounds right. I'm I'm not good at math. Yeah, just a great performer, but powerful. He really Minnesota he really performer, put- much like you and me, Johnny Rage. Right. We we really are the ones that put Minnesota on the map to begin with. Yes. Powerful. We use the Bears, Mississippi River as the border. Did you like the movie Fargo Diggs? I know it's quite old by now and it's had a series and all that stuff, but um, did you like it? Yeah, it wasn't one of my favorite Coen, mother, Coen Brother movies. It was right up yeah. there. Yeah. Um, They're very well, clever with their writing. Yeah. Very witty. I, I didn't care for the movie, actually. I thought, okay, this is kind of dumb, actually. But Yes. And we are going to get into powerful movies. Right now, compare, so the the Popeye chicken sandwich is the best chicken sandwich you have ever had. Well, you know, you hate to give it the overall because I do like the Chick-fil-A sandwich. There's no doubt. Um, Chick-fil-A doesn't have that breading. It's, It's just a cleaner sandwich. Very tasty. But here's the deal. Hands down, Chick-fil-A also rolls with the sauce, much like Cane's does. It's funny, I'm doing a review on Popeye, and I'm talking more about Cane's than I am about Popeye. But Chick-fil-A rolls with the sauce. They're, they're, 
sandwich definitely doesn't need the sauce, but they give you the fries and they go waffle fry at Chick-fil-A. So I got award points to, to Chick-fil-A for the waffle fry. And then you take their, their uh, sauce, that magical sauce that they have, which I think is ketchup and probably mayo and, and a couple of other things and honey, who knows, but let me you ask you this. Their, How many of the islands of the thousand islands can you name right now? Most of them. All and right. when we have time, I'll go through them. Okay. Okay. Um, but they've got that waffle fry, not waffle. Yeah. Waffle fry. The waffle cut Chick-fil-A. fry. And you put that in their, in their sauce that they have. And Oh, it's an explosion of flavor. Um, and their chicken sandwich is good, but if we just went chicken sandwich against chicken sandwich, I'm going to give the edge right now to Popeye's. Whoa. Let me ask you this with the waffle fries. Do you Mm -hmm. enjoy the seasoned sour cream? I do. That's one time I will dip in it. Okay. We're narrowing it down. The dipping sauces that you approve of. Mm -hmm. Yes, I will use the seasoned sour cream. Let me ask you this. Going back to classic potato chip dips. What is your favorite? Well, let me ask you a question first, Diggs. Let's talk about the um, seasoned sour cream. Do you like it when you go to a restaurant and you order food? And they say, sir, would you like the seasoned sour cream with your fries? And you say, yeah, that sounds good. Sir, would you like mushrooms on your hamburger? Um, Yeah. Do you automatically assume that's included? Or does it piss you off when you find out and you look at the tab? Shit, they handed me two fifty for those damn mushrooms and another 3 bucks for that stupid seasoned... Uh, cream that I use for my, for my French fries. Well, that is a powerful question. And thanks for bringing that up. These you know, are the questions we have to yeah, talk they about. Are, they're powerful questions. Now I think about that a lot. You know, there's two ways to look at it. Are you insulted? Uh, yeah. Can I get some mushrooms on there? Well, you do realize that's 50 cents extra. So that might, may be offensive to me. What, what are you trying to say? I can't afford your shrooms. I want the shrooms. But then again, it reminds me of swimming class. When I took swimming class, the beginner swimming class, one of the things is to jump into the deep end, right? So they okay. said, they said, do you want to jump in the deep end? I said, yeah, I'll jump in the deep end. Do you want to use a shepherd's hook? And I go, sure. So you use a shepherd's hook to pull you out and then you don't get credit. You fail the class. You're the oh, one that asked yeah, me to we, use the damn shepherd's hook. Yeah, we talked Why about you, this Yeah, I know time. we did. We, we talked well, about- you're haunted. Yes. You're haunted by the shepherd yes. hook, aren't you? It's also okay. like when you play baseball and they- the guy wouldn't, the coach wouldn't give me water because I wasn't hustling enough. <laughs> what am I, a street Point dealer? I don't, I need to get a side hustle going on. Give me the water. It's yeah, abuse. you deserve water. It yeah. really is. Yeah. By today's, by today's standard, he'd do 30 years in jail for Yeah, it's not like giving that. me water because I didn't hustle enough. So you like, you don't want to be pre-warned that, sir, what well, you're it's, about like to I do. Like I said, it's, it's, it's a, it's a huge dilemma to me. You know, are you mm-hmm. going to insult me that I can't afford extra money or are you going to surprise me with the bill but don't you think it can be done in a way where it's not insulting like sir um if you want how about this sir would you like mushrooms for an additional 50 cents on top this happened to me at uh texas roadhouse the waitress is rattling off all these extras and 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 the steak was decent amount to begin with i'm like oh that must be just an option kind of like you get two sides you know did you want mushrooms? Yeah, I'll take the mushrooms. Did you want the creamy sauce? Yeah, I'll take that. And then you get the bill. And they hammer you for that shit, too. It's not like it's it's uh, 10 cents. It's like $2.50, $1.50, and $3.50. Pretty soon you got more in your accoutrements than you do in a damn meal. I hate that when that happens. No, you're right. 
You're absolutely so, right. Maybe they so should I, slide into your DMs and just send send you a message. I stop them dead their tracks. The waitress is there an extra charge? Uh, yes, there is, sir. Here's another example. We went to a Mexican restaurant. This is about three weeks ago. We get nachos and sauce. You know, you come in, they welcome you. Hi, what would you like to drink? We'll take waters. And and um, we get the water, and they didn't bring us chips and nachos and chips, uh, nachos and, and dip. Now, let me ask you this, though. Yeah. When you say nachos, you're not talking about the cheese. You're talking about chips and salsa. I'm sorry, chips and salsa. Yes, chips and salsa. Every Mexican place I've been to, always, it's free chips and salsa. It's complimentary. It says, says Ex- nice things yes. to you. Yes. Exactly. So we're just assuming we're at this other joint. They don't bring us the chips and salsa. So I say, excuse me, waiter. And there's something about Mexican restaurants. It's always men that do the waiting. It's never a woman. But you get there. And so we said, hey, can we get our chips and salsa? Oh, sure. He brought them out. And we're enjoying them. And then we eat. And then we get the bill. Chips and salsa is on the receipt, $2.50. No, that's unacceptable. I thought so, too. So I very rarely am that guy. I was that guy that day. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is normally free. Now, I know you didn't say it was free, but you didn't say it costs. So we got issues here, okay? All of a sudden, he doesn't speak any English, you know? Um, <laughs> so um, we ended up having to pay for it, but I don't take kindly to stuff like that, okay? Did you pay and, in peso? We should have, but um, we didn't. Powerful. We So... I do like to be told or warned. There should be a warning shot, you know, that is going to be extra. It's just kind of like when you buy a concert ticket too. Oh, sweet. I just scored some tickets for 55 bucks. And then, all right, do you have a credit card? Yes. It'll be 105, 105. What do you mean? Well, you got this fee on top of that fee on top of the bend you over fee. Yes. And then we're going to, and then we're going to triple bend it. The lubrication fee. Yes, yes, yes. That's why I I always, that's why I always say, what's your out the door price? Well, you're smarter than I am. No, I know. It's just, you. it's just, you're right. They nickel and dime you power. We had did a, so far we've done powerful, large amount of food talk today. I love food. And Why we enjoy it. I know everyone loves food. It brings mm-hmm. the people together. A lot of people are on the social medias and they're, they're just separating people and dividing and conquering and yelling. We're embracing mm-hmm. food. No matter where mm-hmm. you are, what you are, what you look like, Creed color, Apollo Creed, whatever it is. You enjoy food. Mm-hmm. And that's why this powerful podcast is so powerful. The most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. We love everyone that listens. We thank you. Please go to AmishBabyMachine.com. We have powerful merch. I got a powerful merch sale right now. We got hoodies. We got t-shirts, mugs, stickers, whatever you want. Powerful AmishBabyMachine.com. Click the link. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter. At Amish B Machine. Go to Instagram, follow us there, Amish Baby Machine. YouTube, go to the YouTube channel, subscribe to YouTube. We're everywhere. We want to talk to you. We want to enjoy you. We want you to go wherever you get fine podcasts. Enjoy the Amish Baby Machine. We ask you one thing please leave a review, five star review. If you leave a five star rating, you will unlock the secrets to the ultimate chicken sandwich. Now, Johnny Rage, we've gone on and on about food. Let's do a powerful segue into movies. 
No, hold on a second. I want to talk about the merch. Whoa. When are when are you going to feature the uh, Amish baby machine loincloth? Because I want one. Well, that for you that would be like a sale off of a schooner. <laughs> the large <I> tarp. <laughs> so as soon as we get the Amish baby machine loincloth, count me in. Okay. Yes. Movies, I love them, Dags. And you know, it's been a while, but there hasn't been too much. I, I, I you know, I really this is a testament. I got to give kudos to Netflix. Um, I, Netflix original content, I don't know if all of a sudden this, this stuff is just getting, if they're just getting better because they realize with Disney plus coming out and Amazon, it's like, shit, we got to do something. So I, I think that Netflix has great content. Now I haven't been in the movie theater since you and I saw, no, you and I didn't see that movie. That was the one where the, um, yeah, the app and it told you how long you're going to live. I even forget the name of the dang movie, and I reviewed it here not that long ago. <laughs> I, I haven't seen that. I've, I haven't been to a movie theater since then because of scheduling and time. But I've really been leaning on Netflix pretty heavily, and they've delivered. I watched a couple movies this last week. Um, I thought were dynamite. Now, one was fairly old; it dates back to 2012. We talked about this prior to doing this powerful program, but that one was a new release, a Netflix original. Well, the Irishman. Oh, the Irishman too. I even forgot about that one. Yes. And you saw that. I saw it. This has been talked about for a long period of time. Kind of an unusual way to debut it. They bring it out to the movie theater for a month, and then Netflix wants it back and and brings it back to its own network. Um, what did you think, Dags? You start off. You you kick it off this time. I usually start. You kick it off. Yes, the Irishman. We are excited about it. It's the third part in the trilogy of the Goodfellas series. Because let's get real. It's just, there's Goodfellas, Casino, and then there's this movie. It's Mobs. It's the same it's the same guys, Pacino, De Niro. But Pacino, this is his first time. But, I mean, it's your Joe Pesci, De Niro. You know, you get all the classic Italian actors in there. Now they brought in the newer, they brought in uh, Sebastian. And they brought in uh, Ray Romano. Ray Romano's been out a while, but they usually bring in the newer Italian Americans in these movies. You know, I, first you got to ask yourself: if you watched this on a phone, did you really watch the movie? Because this was Martin Scorsese made this movie for the big screen. So I wonder how much you actually lose, or how much you actually see in the cinematography, in the detail of the de aging process that everyone was talking about. Did you really see the movie if you only saw it on a phone? But this was a huge movie, long, three and a half hours. The story of uh, Jimmy Hoffa, told through the eyes of, what's his name, the dude's name? Uh, Frank Sheeran. Frank Sheeran. I heard you paint houses. So this was his telling. And, And I'm also a carpenter, too. Yes, just like Jesus. So they told the story of him. It starts out as he's an old man in the nursing home and then it goes back into different storylines of now it's kind of weird because I compare it to the other movie with uh, Danny DeVito Hoffa movie where it was Jack Nicholson playing Jimmy Hoffa. And it's kind of weird because Jimmy Hoffa played by Jack Nicholson and Jimmy Hoffa played by uh, Al Pacino are two different takes on it. It's kind of weird. It's kind of interesting, and if you get a chance, see the, I think it was like 92 movie, 
Now, I know Jimmy you Hoffa. didn't I, I know you didn't know Jimmy Hoffa, but in your best guesstimation, who do you think portrayed him more closely like who he really was? You know, if I had a guess, Jack Nicholson. Okay. Because he's so obsessed with well, what's weird about Jack Nicholson, normally he plays over the top, you know. Mm-hmm. You can't handle the truth, you know, it's really but he played Jimmy Hoffa so subdued. Mm-hmm. And then Al Pacino is always Al Pacino, you know? Mm-hmm. He's, you know, became a character on himself, you know, kind of like Tom Cruise, where Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise in every movie. Mm-hmm. So probably if I had to guess, like all you've seen is little clips on, the, on TV of what Jimmy Hoffa was really like. I would say Jack Nicholson played him more accurately. Okay. But like mm-hmm. I said, this is a three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour movie with the different storylines. I thought it was too long. And I know everyone talks about the young people having a short attention span, but I think they could have cut some, out, cut some of it out, you know. And I get it. He's the, you know, uh, Martin Scorsese tells these epic stories, you know, the beginning. You know, like Goodfellas when it started when he was a young kid and then it went later on in life. But to me, they should have cut a little bit of it out to uh, spice it up a little bit, much like your Popeye's chicken sandwich. Mm-hmm. So, so what did what did you think? Did you go, going when I watched it? I was thinking of you and like three and a half. Whoa, that's long. Now, did you watch this all in one take, or did you stop? Uh, it? I didn't. I didn't. Um, one thing I really enjoy is. Um, I'm kind of like a squirrel. I like to bury my nuts. Meaning if I get into a good movie, I like to shut off and bury it knowing, Hey, I've got a good movie that I get to watch at a different time. So I almost don't want it to end. So I stop it deliberately and then go do something else knowing I get to watch that tonight. The rest of it. Um, the Irishman was a lengthy film. It's three and a half hours. I mean, you could golf 18 holes shorter than that. It's very difficult to dedicate, especially if you're doing it at home. If you go to a movie theater and you've bought popcorn, and you've paid for your seat, you're definitely going to stay there for three and a half hours. But when you're watching something on Netflix flicks of that length, I don't know too many people. Maybe I'm wrong with this. Did you watch it from start to finish in one shot? I did because I wanted it to experience it. And I, you know, I didn't obviously see it in the movie theater, but I saw it on a halfway decent sized TV, 55 inch. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to, I wanted no distractions. I wanted to watch it, you know, beginning to end. I thought it was too mm-hmm. long. Scorsese always uses cool, you know, music to overlay it. I thought he used a little too much of that. They had all these, uh, um, Scenes where they'd write, uh, this so-and-so gangster got shot three times in the head, you know? Mm-hmm, I mean, that was kind of distracting. I would rather have, after the movie, they would show all the characters and show what happened to them. Mm-hmm. So I didn't Which like that. What's that? Yeah. Which has been done. They've done that in past yeah. movies. Yeah, I didn't like how, you know, he had to stop. Oh, Joey the Bones was shot three times. So that, mm-hmm. and, and the makeup, the de-aging, the CGI, the makeup, at, at first was a little annoying then you get used to it but i almost thought those these guys are too old they're all in their late 70s and mm-hmm. they didn't even with the cgi and the de-aging it didn't pull off being young men mm-hmm. i almost thought what would you think if they used 
other actors as them when they were young. Well, I mean, it's kind of funny because that's what they did for The Godfather. Um, De Niro played uh, the young Corleone. Um, they didn't have uh, um, who played uh, the Don himself. Um, I can't think of his name. He didn't do his young the, the younger version of himself. They brought in Robert De Niro. So that that is a valid point because I I'm thinking I did watch it on my phone. To me, that's not an epic very visual movie where you have to watch it at a movie theater on a big screen. It's a gangster movie. There's not any really, um, what do you really miss by watching it on your but, phone? But except- if you did watch it in the movie theater, you do really pick up the, the framing of the shots and the really nice, the suits and everything they wore and the feel of it, the, t- the cars. So it really, if you don't, you really don't think you do, but like I saw Hoffa, the, uh, Danny DeVito movie in 70 millimeter, mm-hmm. which is like twice the definition of a regular film. And mm-hmm. it was really spectacular when, like when things would blow up or the sound and the visual, you really do appreciate it. So watching on a phone, you know, I know what you're saying that it's just like a talkie film. There's no action, but if you actually watch it, you'll see the colors. So it is actually better on a bigger screen. Well, I, I really, I really thought the storyline was hard to follow at times. I thought it seemed disjointed. I thought there were scenes that happened really quick. And I'm like, whoa, what just happened here? I, the, what an epic cast brought together, uh, Pesci, De Niro, and Al Pacino. I was really looking forward to that. I was disappointed throughout the entire movie, though. I thought this de-aging thing that they supposedly spent a lot of money on, and they did, to me, may, didn't work at all. I'm like, he looks just as bad as he does. Now. I, I didn't. I didn't see the the how they were supposed to be these younger men. Yeah, I thought I, I didn't get that at all. It, no. it almost made it worse. I thought um, I thought Al Pacino, who I love as an actor, this was his worst performance to me. He was almost like Captain Jack Sparrow. Um, you have uh, um, Captain Jack supposed to be debonair, more of a of a Errol Flynn style, but he kind of t- turned it into a cartoonish character, more of a um, he used Mick Jagger as his theme for the whole thing. And everybody says it worked for me. It never did for, for pirates of the Caribbean. I thought Al Pacino did much of the same. He was more of a, uh, he was more cartoonish in his role as Jimmy Hoffa. He didn't have the acting that I thought he was. It was almost sometimes embarrassing. Um, Robert De Niro never says a lot, just kind of plays the, the, the Frank Sheeran role um, anybody could have really done his role. It wasn't like he needed a great actor. However, De Niro is a great actor. And so is Al Pacino. Joe Pesci, it looked like he was just going through the motions, like he didn't want to be there to begin with. And there was no emotion with him. And maybe that was the character. And maybe, but to me, it was like Joe Pesci almost looks like you have to wake him up during this whole thing. Not a lot of energy, just going through the motions. So I was really, really disappointed. I thought it was way too long. They could have cut the last hour of it out. And I think because of the fact you have such a star-studded cast, too many critics are afraid to say this thing was a dud. Let's face it. I think it was a dud. The thing that I find shocking about this movie, too, the backstory about this Frank Sheeran, this is his version of how Jimmy Hoffa died. There is no proof that what this... This is just his version. There's no, Nobody can... 
validate what he's saying. They think that this never happened. Yeah, that's why you should see the Danny DeVito movie. Mm-hmm. So the Danny DeVito movie, yeah, it takes a different take. It's got, uh, instead of Al Pacino, obviously, he's not in it. So it's Jimmy Hoffa's portrayed differently by Jack Nicholson. And Danny DeVito's kind of a, like a composite character of all his people they kind of threw into one. What did you think of Al Pacino in particular, his performance? Well, out of all of them, he was the best. He's Al Pacino. You he was the best? Well, yeah, he's Al Pacino. So the problem is it's kind of like the Tom, Tom Cruise thing or the Arnold thing. You know, you want his eyes to pop wide open. You want him to be like, you know, from Heat or Scarface. You know, part of the reason uh, people like Goodfellas is that every one of them was just, was like you said, a cartoon character. You know, Joe Pesci was over mm-hmm. the top. De Niro was over the top. Everyone, you know, all the stereotypes, the tropes, the mob stuff. That's why we liked it, you know? The music, they they made, they made glamorized everything. And in this movie, they tried to show that the gangster life is not glamorous. You're going to end up, you know, dead. Or you're going to end up in a nursing home and no one's even going to remember. You know, they showed that the picture to that the nurse and she didn't even know who Jimmy Hoffa was. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. what was the whole point of my life, you know? So I think that's I think that's what it was, and they were trying to show Joe Joe Pesci actually did a good job, but it was boring because he was so subdued in his acting, mm-hmm. opposed to like Al Pacino, where we like his we like him to get mad, we like his eyes to pop, you know that you know like the scene where the uh, the guy came in the gangster and he was late, he talked about mm-hmm. being late. So mm-hmm. I find it Joe, hard. Joe Pro, mm-hmm. yeah, Tony, yeah. Tony Pro. Tony Pro, yeah. And which is cool is he's a British actor and he's most famous from the movie Snatch. So if you saw the movie Snatch compared to this, you really see what a good actor he is. He reminded me of Mark Wahlberg's brother uh, from uh, Blue Bloods. That's what he looks like to me. But it's amazing that he's British. I mean, he mm-hmm. he was, did a great job. But it, And I find it hard to believe that Jimmy Hoffa would be that crazy. with. He's dealing with those mobsters. Why would he talk like that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why, why would he like get into it with that? I find that hard to believe he'd be so pig-headed. You know, I find it more easy to believe that it had to do with money. He didn't want to pay back money, or they had something on him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they made it seem well, just uh, like he was saying, "Oh." Well, their fear was that he was going to get back in as the uh, pre- as the uh, union president. And then, no, I uh, know, but but they made it seem like he was just this loudmouth and saying all this uh, mm-hmm. "you people" and mm-hmm. you know, I yeah, I find it hard to believe that he would be. He would be that over the top and be that obnoxious. I mean, well, he, know, he worked uh, with those people, so I, I don't believe that part. But but that could be validated because you could probably do research and find that because he made a lot of his comments public. His death was never public, obviously, but the comments that they showed, he didn't make those one on one. He made those announcements in new, you know, in front of cameras and stuff like that. So 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 you, thought, you're right. But then again, maybe he. Maybe he was he was in so deep and he thought he was untouchable too, because they made it seem like I, like yeah, they made I it seem like it. he had dirt on people. Like and he's like, I can say whatever I want. What are they going to do? You know? Well, and and it almost seemed like his the Teamsters that that whole thing he it, it was like the Teamsters was him. He was it, it embodied him. He he kind of it became an no. You're right. I mean, him. yeah, he was. And that's all he wanted and the power he wielded. They said there was the two most powerful people in the world at the time were Nixon and, and Hoffa. And more people knew about Hoffa than Nixon. I mean, it was, it was 
pretty powerful individual. And then they but, talked about how the mob, they made it seem like the mob did a hit on Kennedy. Right. And that's always been one conspiracy theory. And then they were looking at Jimmy Hoffa, like, remember when they were sitting in that restaurant? Yes. Uh, Ray, Ramon, Ray Ramon and Robert De Niro. And they're Ray looking Romano, yeah. At, Ray Romano, sorry. And they're looking at the TV and then they're kind of looking over at Jimmy Hoffa, looking back at the TV like, wait a minute, did he do this? You know, they're kind of like, whoa. Did you? Because they knew Jimmy Hoffa did not like Robert Kennedy. Or excuse yes. me, John Kennedy. Or Robert Kennedy. Well, for his, that matter. Yeah, his brother was going after him. Right. For the obvious reasons, you know. So, but, um, the movie was entertaining enough, but I was disappointed and it was too long. So I'm going to give it out of a five star buggy wheel or five buggy. I'm going to come in about a three for that one. I think too, being so long, it's, it's almost, you have to watch the movie twice and who's going to do that. But there was so much to take in with those three storylines. Yeah, there's no doubt. They should have hacked out. They should have hacked out in the middle is where I would have cut out. Because I liked it, you know, towards the end, I liked that. Because, you, you know, you're waiting the whole movie to find out what really happens, you know. It's even even Goodfellas. I love that movie. But to me, the the later part in the 70s, you know, and that part could have been chopped out. I, I think everyone liked the more romanticized part of the early part of Goodfellas. Right. Would you agree? Yeah, and Goodfellas is based on a true story, as is uh, The Irishman, where Casino, I don't think that's a real scenario. That's more fictitious. To my knowledge. So what did you think of uh Sebastian, the stand-up comedian, his part? I was wishing it was a little bit more than what it was. He it was very short. Um I liked him. It was I think it's his debut in acting, isn't it? Um I thought he did a good job and it was just a short bit piece and um he's Italian and and played the Italian role well and and uh yeah, I thought I thought he had a little bit of life, a little bit of color to the movie, because De Niro and Pesci didn't. And I'm not saying that that has anything to do with their acting ability. Just maybe it was the, but Pesci looked like he was just on autopilot, you know. Um, so, but interesting fact, Dags. I was doing some research on Pesci. He never wanted to be an actor. He wanted to be a musician. And do you remember the song Peppermint Twist? He sings that, and he's in a band with. He was in a band with Jimi Hendrix. Joe Pesci. Whoa. He's at, he is actually, you know, the, the musical Jersey boys, yes. which is, it's a, um, musical about the band, the four seasons. Um, Joe Pesci actually introduced that group to each other. And they actually give Joe Pesci a lot of accolades for bringing them together. Um, when they got an award for Jersey boys, uh, at some point, but Joe Pesci's real love was music, not acting. And he retired in the mid-90s from acting. They had to beg him to come out and do... Scorsese had to beg him to come out and pay Buffliano or whatever his name was, Russell Buffiano. Yeah. Buffliano. Um, so he he retired from acting in the mid-90s, so that would take him back to like Home Alone or... Uh, yeah, Home Alone would be one of his last movies. But it's weird. He's the one, you know, he can do both. I mean, he was hilarious in My Cousin Vinny, but then he can do serious roles, too. The yeah, first movie, I, The first movie I remember was Easy Money with uh, where he was, uh, 
I'm trying to think what, uh, I don't remember what year, but like early eighties movie. Mm-hmm. And it's reflecting, you know, it's kind of sad though, too. I have to admit a little personal thoughts on, on, um, the Irishman is when I was looking at Pesci, how old he looks and I'm kind of reflecting on my own life. Like, wow, Pesci did some great, like my cousin Vinny, obviously he was much younger when he did that. But then I'm looking at, and I liked my cousin Vinny and I watched my cousin Vinny and I saw how old he looked and De Niro, of course. And I'm saying to myself, I'm getting old. So, so there was kind of a depressed nature of me watching that because they were, I was so looking forward to it, but then it awoke me to the fact these guys are old. And then it reminded me, dude, you're old too. <laughs> so I had a little bit of that going on when I was watching that movie. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's part of it that, like I said, the, the show about, you know, we're, we're on this earth a short time and all that crime and all that lust for money and power. Or what does it get you? Nothing. Exactly. Powerful, powerful talk about the Irishman. I liked the movie, but I didn't love it. I need to cut about maybe uh, ugh, maybe an hour, half hour out. The middle, I would cut the middle stuff out. You know, yeah. we we get the point. The uh, that we get the point of the, you know, it's it's Jimmy Hoffa, it's the Teamsters, but some of that's kind of boring, and I kind of wanted it, and I think everyone wanted it to be more Goodfellas. You know, more of the over the top characters and the. You know, the Italian food, they had a little bit of that where those, you know, where they were making love to the loaf of bread, you know, and all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think that's, you know, what people wanted, they like the Goodfellas and romanticized mobsters kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. this is more, like you said, more depressing showing, you know, this is kind of like, this is their last movie together and they're all mm-hmm. in their late seventies. And mm-hmm. so I'll give it uh three and a half out of five buggy wheels. Well, not bad. I give it three, three and a half. So our eyes kind of come together. What we, what we thought about it, but. Cause then I wonder about, I wonder about someone that's not a fan watching them. Like, Oh God, that must've been boring. You know? Oh, I mean, can you, can you imagine a millennial watching that thing? I mean, Al Pacino, who's that? De Niro, who, who? you know, well, they had a little um, bit of that with that nurse. Like she had no idea. Yeah, you know? exactly. And that's kind of, exactly. that was kind of like, and I think he knew that too, Scorsese, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's almost like in the movie Goodfellas when they show the time changing, you know, mm-hmm. you know, from the, you know, the beginning of the time frame. I don't remember what year it's supposed to be, but you know, throughout the seventies and kind of like this movie and it's kind of like movie making too, you know? He was he was trying to hold on and he was insulting Marvel movies, you know, and mm-hmm. and I don't know. I mean, if if people are going to make movies like this anymore, if it's you know they had they had a super hard time making the movie, you know, no one wanted to make it. Mm-hmm. So you know, if they it's all about making money, they're going to crank out the superhero movies. You know, why not? Right. Because I think the I don't know how much it costs to make a superhero movie, um, but. This thing cost him. I want to say it was a couple hundred million dollars to. I mean, to to do the Irishman. The, I guess that CGI to make him look younger was a fortune. And man, that was a waste of money. Waste of money, big time. I would have got younger actors, mm-hmm. and then I would have just did the traditional latex makeup. You know, 
Because yeah. that CGI didn't even look that good. It would be one thing if it looked perfect, you know? Yeah. But it yeah. didn't it didn't look that good, so it wasn't worth the money. I would rather oh, I, I, I would rather just deal with the makeup and even if you could tell it's fake makeup, you would still it's kinda like watching a play. You know? Yeah. You know it's yeah. they put on the wigs and stuff, but you still enjoy it. Yes. I would agree with you there. Powerful. Powerful discussion today on the most powerful podcast ever created. We did talk, uh, this was a food-heavy, food-centric episode. We didn't get to all the powerful movies you watched, but we did get to The Irishman, and we all wanted to talk about that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to give people uh, a hint, uh, uh, you know, if you're bored and you're looking for something to do, I would uh, highly suggest on Netflix, they've got a brand-new release called Shot Collar. Diggs, uh, you want to tell about the individual that stars in that? And also End Watch. Two two five star movie five star buggy wheels from Johnny Rage telling you, but uh, tell us about Shot Caller quickly, and then we'll wrap this up. Well, uh, Shot Caller is from 2017. But tell us about the actor, and that's all. Don't you don't have to do a review on the movie. Just who the okay, actor okay. is. Okay, okay. It's um, it's the dude um, Jamie from uh, Game of Thrones. That's all you need. Thank to Thank you. Yeah, and then watch it. Yep. Dags, you watch it. You watch it. We're gonna talk about that next time. Yes, powerful. As always, we thank everyone that listens to this powerful episode. From Johnny Rage, from me, Dags, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else fine podcasts are found. Please support our podcast through Patreon and shop our merch at AmishBabyMachine.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production.